everyone. Boy, it's good to be with you today. Uh, my name is Ethan Magnus, and I saw a few kids out there laughing a little too much at that movie. So don't try that at home, kids, just so you know, professionals only. Uh, boy, it's good to be with you. If you're a guest here with us today, uh, we are so glad you're here. Uh, before I get rolling here, one quick announcement that just got rushed out to me, uh, and this is what's told to me. I can't verify this. This is the message I received. Uh, if you drive a black Saab license plate 21081CF, apparently your car is slowly rolling across the parking lot. That's what it said. Uh, they said it drifted out of its spot. I said, you mean like it rolled out of its spot? And they said, yes. So that might be something you want to take care of. I promise. Everybody, eyes up here. Don't look around. If somebody gets up, don't, don't point to them. Don't point to them. Let them go take care of what they got to take care of. Um, so there you go. Um, so that, 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 sort of, that sounds like something the Home Alone kid would have tried, right? Is, uh, you know, rig a car to roll into them when they did the wrong thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, listen, we're having a good time uh, in this series. Where it's called Flixmas, and, man, we're just having a lot of fun. We're just looking at some of our favorite Christmas movies, and we're having a little fun remembering them and laughing at them. I know some people are watching them, um, but then we're also letting them point us to something maybe a little bit beyond the movie itself, something that seems important and real for our lives. We talked about uh, a Christmas vacation movie and the, the messed up Griswold family and our messed up families and Jesus' messed up family and about how Jesus came to heal messed up families. Uh, we talked about the, the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. And um, just last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, pick up the CD. It was just great, just a just a really basic call that for a lot of us, the thing that would make our Christmas the most meaningful is if we just made it simpler and we just simply returned to celebrating the birth of Jesus and celebrating our family. It, just, it was just a beautiful word from Charlie Brown Christmas last week. And this week, if you'll, you'll bear with me, uh, we're going to do the same thing again. We're going to have a little fun with a movie, but we're going to let it pretty quickly point us beyond the movie to something pretty significant uh, and a little hard about Christmas. There are some things that are hard about Christmas, and we're going to deal with some of that uh, today. This week we get a bonus. We also, in addition to a Christmas movie, we're going to get to learn a little bit from a great classic Christmas song. But we'll get started with the movie. Uh, the movie, as you already know, is Home Alone. I love this movie. One of the things I love about this movie is even if you've never seen this movie, you know exactly what it's about, right? I mean, because it's not that complicated. I'd never seen the movie for 24 years, finally broke down and uh, watched it with my family this, uh, this Thanksgiving. We watched it, had a great time with it. Uh, but I, I knew exactly what the movie was about even before I watched it. You know, too. It's about this little kid, eight-year-old Kevin. Uh, family goes off to Paris. They leave him home alone. And uh, not only is he alone, but he's under attack. These goons are trying to rob all the houses in the neighborhood. And sure enough, uh, the one of the houses they're trying to rob is his. And so he defends his home. And like every good movie it should, it ends just the way you want it to. The bad guys are driven off. The good guy is the hero. The family is reunited and everybody celebrates. Uh, it, it's a wonderfully fun movie. We watched it, like I say, with my family just uh, maybe a month ago, and I could immediately see why everybody loves 
this movie. Uh, it's, got, it's got all the things a great kid's movie needs. Uh, so first of all, you get rid of the parents. You figure this out, right? All children's fiction. First thing you got to do is got to get rid of those parents so we can get down to having a good time. Well, it does that uh, just fine. It has clear good guys and bad guys. We like our movies to have clear good guys and good, cl- plenty of bad, good clear bad guys. It has lots of non-lethal violence. Uh, you know, Roadrunner and Coyote taught us this, right? If you want to go, and there's nothing for laughs like a paint can to the face. You know, I mean, that's just funny stuff. That's funny every time it happens. And this movie is just full of stuff like that. We also like this movie, of course, though, because it has one of our favorite plots ever in a movie. It has kind of the plot that we love in so many kinds of storytelling, from comedies to action to drama. It has this plot. One lone man, one lone woman, one lone kid against the world, and he wins. We love that story. One person alone against impossible odds, and somehow they find victory. Every time that actually happens in real life, you know we're going to make a book and a movie and a television miniseries out of it, right? Because we just love it so much when we can point to a place where one person all alone stood against their enemies and prevailed. We like this movie. You can like this movie the whole way through because you're never asking, will he win? You know he's going to win. It's just a question of how will he win, and we like that. You see, I think Home Alone works And it it has endured as a movie because it taps into our deepest hopes and our deepest fears. When that little kid is tricking the bad guys with mannequins on a turntable, when he's setting up traps with blowtorches and ice and paint cans, we like to think that's us or that would be us. That if we were in that situation, if we were facing the impossible odds, we too would be the hero. We too would muster our resources and all alone against the world, we would come out on top. That's our hopes. But it also taps into our fears. Our fear of being alone and under attack. You know, I think at Christmas... The song may say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but for so many of us it isn't. Or, or even if it still is the most wonderful time of the year, the wonderfulness is weakened by the great loneliness and struggle of the season. We're lonely for all kinds of reasons, not just because our family went off to Paris without us, but for all kinds of real reasons. I just tell you, this year, I have been to too many funerals this year. Mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and husbands and wives and grandparents. I've been to too many funerals. And that means that too many of us are this year facing Christmas home alone, hanging ornaments that someone else used to hang cooking food that someone else used to cook or someone else used to love to eat. I know some people who are facing Christmas this year for the first time after a divorce. They've already divided up the house. 
Now they have to divide up the holidays. And they just didn't see that coming. Twelve years of memories and traditions just seemed gone. Maybe you're home alone because your family's far away and you can't get to them and they can't get to you this Christmas. Maybe you're home alone because you feel like your friends, because they all got busy or they all got stuff to do and they are going to parties and nobody invited you and you're home alone while they're off at a party and you're not there. Or maybe it's you thought this Christmas you'd have a child that you don't have now. Or you thought you'd be engaged by now or married by now and that seems like that relationship's gone and broken. And you don't even need a special circumstance to be home alone this Christmas. I was just talking with a dear friend with a, a good marriage and good kids and a stable job and lots of friends and a good family. And they said to me, I just feel lonely. I've got all these people, but I don't want to share my burdens with them because I don't want them to be burdened by it. And I just, I feel so alone. Talk to a young adult struggling with deep depression and doesn't know how to tell his friends and his family because he doesn't want to ruin their Christmas. And so he's going to one party after another and he's going to all these family events and he's sitting there around the Christmas tree opening presents and he's surrounded by people who love him. And yet he feels home alone in a little world all by himself that nobody else can get into because he's so afraid to let him in. Home Alone the movie may be Joe Pesci, you know, getting a paint can in the face. But Home Alone in our lives is the quiet desperation of so many of us. And it's not just the loneliness. I mean, it, really, we understand Kevin's situation. He's not only alone, he's also under attack. And I think that's true for so many of us. It would be bad enough if we were all alone. But we feel we're just not sure when the next hit is coming from uncertainty in our job or maybe it's betrayal by a friend or you're oppressed by addiction or you're struggling with the same sin you were struggling with last Christmas and it just seems like it's on you all the time or you're drowning in doubt or debt or depression overcome by fear and anxiety, financial stress, job insecurity. In the movies, one clever kid and a few household objects can defeat anything the bad guys bring. But in our real lives, we wonder, in our struggle, in our moment, are we alone? Is anybody with us in this? In our lives, we wonder, in my struggle, in my moment, can I possibly win? I think these two questions put together are one of the universal questions of human experience. Is anybody with me? And can I possibly win? I think we like home alone because we like to think that if, even if no one was with us, 
we would have a chance to win. But when you take that into our real lives, I don't think we're quite so sure. I don't think we're quite so sure that anybody would stand with us or that we have a chance of winning. And so if this Christmas, that's a question you're facing, is anybody with me? Can I possibly win? Then I want to hear, I want you to hear a song. One of the classic Christmas songs, because buried in this song is the answer to this question. Now, I know you've already started thinking, what song could it be? What you're going through? Is it Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? No, that's not it. Okay, maybe. Okay, Lonely. Oh, I know what it is. It's Holly Jolly Christmas. Have a holly jolly. That's the song that answers our deep loneliness and our struggle, our fear that we might be defeated. Just have a holly jolly Christmas, you know? Just quit your whining. What do you have to whine about? Come on, just, just feel better, right? That works. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a more profound song than either of those, and older than both. Uh, it's a song written uh, by a guy named Zechariah. In fact, he wrote this Christmas song before Jesus had even been born. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist, cousin to Mary and Jesus. Just a few days after John's birth, he delivered a prophecy about Jesus and about John. Now, we don't have the music anymore, so I'll spare you my singing. But this is one of the original Christmas carols, and it was sung to answer precisely the question we're asking today. And this is what he's saying. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited his people and redeemed them. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of His servant David, just as He promised that He would. And now we will be saved from all of our enemies and from everyone who hates us because He has been merciful to our ancestors, keeping the promise He made to them. And we have been rescued from our enemies so that we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness forever. And you, my little boy, talking to John, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell people how they can find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who are in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. I love that song. I love that song because Zechariah is one who knows the question, is anybody with me and can I possibly win? And only from someone who has so deeply known the question would I trust the answer he gives. And what he says is so clear. God is with you. And God wins. Listen to what he says here. He says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has what? Come to his people. He is with us. And he has redeemed them. He has won. Later in the text, he says, He has come to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve Him without fear. God has won, you see, in holiness and righteousness 
before him all of our days. Before him, where? With him. It's a universal question. Is anybody with me? Can I possibly win? And Zechariah, out of the longing of his own heart and the loneliness of his own life, having been visited by God, can testify to the truth, God is with us and God wins. I tell you, I love to say those words. In fact, it feels so good, I feel a little selfish not sharing. So if you want to, you can say them with me right now. In fact, I dare you to do it. Try this. God is with me and God wins. That feels pretty good on your mouth, doesn't it? Just say that again. God is with me and God wins. Put a you in there. Say it to your neighbor. God is with you and God wins. I like to say that because, see, I am one of the people and I expect you are one of the people who knows what it is to feel home alone at Christmas, who knows what it is to feel attacked at Christmas, and you wonder when you're in that spot, what do you say? Well, this might just do. You might just sing the short version, the abridged version of Zechariah's song. God is with me and God wins. But here's what you need to know. You need to know Zechariah didn't invent this song. I mean, he he invented his version of it. But the message has been God's message for generations. In fact, almost every prophet who showed up, part of what they had to tell us was God is with us and God wins. Again and again, they call the people. They say, be faithful to God. Why? Because God is with you and God wins. We're going to hear a little later from Isaiah 41. You could write that down if you're the kind of person who takes notes. Isaiah 41, if you need to be reminded that God is with you, go read Isaiah 41. It's gorgeous. Uh, Psalm 121 might be my favorite place where this message gets said. It's a psalm of testimony from someone who has been under attack, who has been under assault, and who has felt all alone, and yet they testify that God was with them, and God wins. Listen to how it goes. It goes like this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I love that little verse. It's a poem, of course. It's a poem that pictures someone, maybe a traveler traveling through the valley, or maybe an army encamped on the valley floor, and they look up to the hills and they wonder what's there. Are friends in those hills or enemies? Are there bandits waiting to rob them? Is there an army waiting to ambush them? I look up to the hills and tremble, and I ask the question that we're asking, where does my help come from? Is anybody with me? Can I possibly get out of this situation? And I recall the answer that has been true again and again in my life. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You see, Zechariah's song, the message of Zechariah's song is not new to Zechariah. It has been a theme throughout all of God's word, but something new is happening. God has always been with God's people, and God has always brought them safely through their trials, but something new is happening now. You see, in Jesus, the witness of God is being taken to a whole new level. 
This is why Matthew says that the birth of Jesus fulfilled the prophecy which was said, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I love the way the Gospel of John puts this, reminds us that the witness of God is taken to a whole new level in Jesus Christ. He says this, the word became flesh and lived with us, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus tells us that the witness of God that's found in Christ, it was not just something for that day and that moment, but it's with us even today. Uh, We looked earlier in the year, we spent a lot of time focusing on our one job as God's people. Our one job to make disciples. And we get that one job in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you to the very end. We ask, is anyone with us in our loneliness? Can we possibly win in our struggle? And Jesus says, I am with you. And I am with you to the end when my victory will be complete. And we need to understand a little bit what it means to say God wins. What does it mean to say Jesus will achieve the victory that he came for? Because if we don't understand Christ's victory and the nature of it, I'm not sure we'll make it through our dark days of struggle sometimes. You see, to say that Jesus will win is not just to say that eventually he'll hit them harder than they hit us and they'll back down. It's not just to say eventually our army will do worse to them than their army did to us and they'll give up. You know, we won World War II, right? And I'm glad we did. But the beaches of Normandy have not returned a generation of lost sons and daughters. Not so with Jesus' victory. Jesus' victory over his enemies will be so complete that not only will they be defeated, but the evil they have done will be undone. The brokenness which has happened to our world will be unbroke. The pain and suffering will be healed and restored until it will be remembered no more. That's the kind of victory. So when Jesus says, I am with you till the end, the end is not just the end of violence, but it is the recovery of all that was lost. This is how John pictures it. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them them and be their God, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You see, in Christ, in Christ, God is with us. And through Christ, God will win not merely the defeat of our foes, but it will be the rescue and the undoing of all the evil 
that has ever been done. We say sometimes that God's Word is good news. And if you ever wonder what we mean by that, that's what we mean. We mean that when we are home alone, when we are under attack, God is with us and God wins. There was this one time Peter was preaching, preaching the good news that in Christ God is with us and God wins. And after he finished preaching, the people responded, So tell us, brothers, what then should we do? And somewhere in the back of your mind, that same question might be, so tell us, if God is with me and God wins, what am I supposed to do with that when I feel lonely this Christmas? When I feel under attack this new year? Well, I, I'll give you two simple things. It's not the whole thing, but it's a lot. One thing I would challenge you to do, if you want to experience the withness of God in your life is to make sure you take some time to be with God in your life. This is not rocket science, but I tell you, I know a lot of people who are struggling, cut off from God, feeling cut off from God because they haven't done this one simple thing. And I could introduce you to hundreds of people whose lives have been forever transformed because of this one simple thing. They just decided every day, I'm going to read a little bit from God's Word and I'm going to meet with God in prayer. That's it, not a lot, just every day. You see, God is with you and God wins whether you know it or not. But if you want to know it, which wouldn't that help if we knew it? then what you need to do is just be with God. You could, you could start with 10 minutes. Read the Bible for five minutes. And then for five minutes, just say, hey God, here's where I'm alone. Hey God, here's where I'm in trouble. Hey God, here's what I care about. Could you be with me in that? Could, could you let my burden be your burden for a while? I think you could carry it better than I could. You do that every day. God will change your life. The other thing we need to do if we're going to take seriously the withness of God for us and the victory through Christ that God has for us is we need to bear it to other people. We need to embody it. We could spend all day looking at all the places where God's Word reminds us that we are the body of Christ, meant to love others as Christ has loved us. So if God is with us in our suffering, if God is with us in our loneliness, if God is with us in our struggle, and God is, then we need to be with others in their loneliness. We need to be with others in their struggle. So, you know, I just, you know, I wonder, what invitation do you need to make this Christmas? Who needs to be added to your guest list? Who do you need to reach out to or write a note to or call on the phone or Skype with or whatever? Who, who, for whom can you bear the withness of God in the loneliness they're stuck in? What struggle do you need to help someone withstand? God's Word says if someone is struggling in sin, be careful that you're not tempted, but if you can, stand with them, bear their burden with them. You could be the witness of God for someone 
struggling. You know, I don't, I don't know if it'll be useful for you. I know for a lot of our families in the church, it has been useful. If you're trying to figure out, figure out with my family and my friends, how can I invite them into the knowledge that God is with them and God wins? Uh, we've got this tool. It's this Home for Christmas DVD. I know this sounds crazy, but it's a worship service that you could lead in your home with your family and friends and guests sometime over the Christmas season. It's not very long, about 20 minutes. You just, it's all done with a DVD clicker. The instructions are all in here. That might be the way you need to share with somebody in their loneliness God's withness. I don't know. You might be. You, you can pick them up at the resource table if you think God might want you to do that this season. But whether it's that or something, what I do know is we are the body of Christ. And if we don't bear the witness of God to people, they might never know about it. So I hope you'll feel called to do that. There is a risk that in our aloneness, we might cut ourselves off from the very God who wants to meet us. There's a risk that in our struggle, we might want to be the home alone kid, struggling valiantly all alone so that we can be the hero, that we might never receive the help and the victory that God wants to bring by God's power and not by yours. That risk is always there. But I want to conclude our time right now by giving you a chance to resist that risk. I want to give you a chance to meet God in your place of loneliness, in your place of struggle. If, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll let me, I'd like to invite you to a time of prayer, a chance for you to just honestly say to God, here is where I am lonely. Here is where I am under attack. To honestly ask God, are you with me? Will you secure a victory? To honestly just admit that in small ways and big ways, all of us are home alone this Christmas and need God to be with us. And then if you'll do that, I, I want to share with you what God has to say to you. I know it because it's God's word from Isaiah chapter 41 that I just want to read back to you as God's word to you in this moment. If, if you'll do that with me, I just want to invite you to maybe kind of shake your shoulders a little bit and get ready to meet God. Go ahead, do it, shake your shoulders, loosen up. You're all tense, you've been listening. You're going to quit listening to me and you're going to start listening to God. You, you don't, you, some of you think I can't see you. I can totally see that you're not shaking your shoulders. Like, I, I, I can see. Yeah, the lights are not that bright. Okay. And if you'll let yourself, maybe you could try. This helps me sometimes. I just kind of lay my hands in my lap with my palms open. Okay. Just, just, just uh, I don't know, it helps. Just a posture of really openness to God. And we'll pray together. Oh, God. In whispered 
voices and in silent thoughts we share with you our loneliness. For we are lonely. We share with you our fear of defeat. For we are under attack, God, and we worry for the outcome. I invite you right now just to say what you need to say to God about where you are lonely or under attack. Now, dearly beloved, hear what God has to say to you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will lift you up with my righteous right hand. You will search for your enemies and you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who holds your hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Oh God, that is good news. For all of us who feel so alone and under attack, you, God, are with us, and you, God, win. Amen. You know, the movie Home Alone, it works because it taps into our deepest hopes that we would survive against those who attack us. And it taps into our deepest fears that in our struggle we would be abandoned and left alone. Well, your God knows your fear and your God knows your hope. And the truth is that God is with you and God wins. God is with you even in your place of loneliness. You are not alone. And God will be and already is victorious with a victory that is so great and so complete that all the evil that has been done will be undone and all that has been broken will be made whole. And until that day, until that day when I see the victory with my own eyes, until that day when my loneliness is but a forgotten memory. I, and I hope you, will choose to sing the song of Zechariah. 
Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, to be with him for all of our days, through the forgiveness of our sins, the tender mercy of our God, he will guide us in the paths of peace. God is with us. And God wins. Amen.